This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Savor, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about Campbell's Soup. Which... I mean, to me, this seemingly came out of nowhere. Was this a uh, you suggestion? E- yeah, yeah. Well, because I was, I was thinking about it. It, it being, it being a, a the, the the holiday season here in um, the world. I guess um, <laughs> we just had Thanksgiving uh, here in the United States, and um, so I was thinking about green bean casserole, and I was like, "What's what's up with that soup stuff? How how does that happen?" I mean, it's also, you know, like the weather has turned. And so I, mm. you know, I, I kind of, I've just been craving nothing but soup. Um, soup and like vindaloo, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a little behind the scenes, listeners. Uh, this is our second time recording this episode. It is. Yeah. My recorder <laughs> decided it didn't like us. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it happens very occasionally. We have to we have to come in here and pretend that we didn't already say all of these things. Yeah. Try to keep it fresh. Oh, yeah. Well, we definitely. And I hope we can recapture the jokes, <laughs> the soup jokes. But I just I just like knowing <laughs> as a listener that there's a like Easter egg. There's a lost Campbell's soup episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have. I mean, unless you deleted it, we do have your audio from it. We do. We could post that and compare. <laughs> I think that'd be great. It's just me in awkward silence. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I am into it. I'm into it. Um, um, I'm also into soup, and uh, researching this episode, I did really appreciate all the condensed puns and oh, the titles of the articles. Yeah, yeah. The, the condensed story of Campbell's soup, or what have you. So I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to think of something different. Oh, okay. The title of this episode. All right. I like um, that you're challenging yourself, and I like that you're outing yourself too. So, oh, if yeah. you wind up with a condensed pun for the title, we'll know that you were just lazy. Yeah, it does happen, I have to admit. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, the magic just isn't there. Puns, puns have got to come from a, a very specific place. They do, they do. And, I mean, Lauren, you're the one, you're the only one who knows all of the puns <laughs> the I've depth. made. And and so you've witnessed this firsthand. <laughs> sometimes I got a lot, sometimes I'm like, I got nothing. 
I don't know. <laughs> uh, listeners, um, believe me when I say that her pop lyric puns are always the best. <laughs> Those are usually the ones that make me laugh out loud and startle my cats. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm a big fan of those as well. And I love, too, how they're so obscure. Like, yeah. we almost never pick them because they're so obscure, <laughs> but I've got to make them nonetheless. <laughs> um, so I also, I have a really fond place in my heart for Campbell's Soup. Um, growing up, if I got sick, my mom would make me, she'd warm up some of the Campbell's homestyle, homestyle chicken noodle soup. Okay. Yeah, because I, I preferred that one for some sure, reason. Sure, yeah. Um, and also the the chocolate milkshakes, chocolate ice cream oh, milkshakes, right. as I've mentioned. Right, um, yeah. That was sort of my combo, my get well combo. <laughs> and I really, really liked the vegetable, the vegetable beef too. Um, and she did use cream of mushroom soup in a lot of her recipes. Um, she, like we talked about, I think in our chicken tetrazzini episode. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. A casserole ingredient, sure. Exactly. After Thanksgiving or Christmas, we had all that leftover turkey. She would make turkey tetrazzini, and that had uh, cream of mushroom in it, and it was so good. I loved it. And then in college, I graduated to chunky Campbell's <laughs> soup. <laughs> and, You're like, I'm yeah. a grown-up now. I need yeah. a chunkier soup. I, I need <laughs> to get through my college day. I need something chunky to sustain me. Um, and I still eat those from time to time. I I legitimately love soup, everybody. I love it um, <laughs> all the time. It can be hot outside, uh, especially when stressed. I love it. Um, although right now, probably for two years, generally my my real jam has been pho and ramen. Ooh. That's what I want all the time. Yeah. Oh, those noodles. Oh. They're just so noodly. Oh, so savory, so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, still, still a big soup person. I just made a batch of collard greens, black eyed peas, sausage soup. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Oh, it was so good. It was so easy. It was wonderful. Um, <laughs> and then cauliflower kale and sausage soup, which is a pretty regular go-to in yeah. my household. And huh. I think they last like a week. Like you can make this big pot and it lasts forever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. One of my, one of the, I, I don't cook a lot, but, um, but if I'm, especially from scratch, but if I'm going to, one of the things I really love making is like chicken soup from a chicken, like get a raw <laughs> chicken. And I feel like, I feel like a magician every time. I'm like, I am a wizard. I have made <laughs> soup from a chicken. And it's so good. Oh man. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, and and I, I yeah, I I was I was eating. I've been eating soup for the past couple of days because I yeah, like I've I've just been on a big soup bender. Yeah, I'm just like the soup bender. <laughs> <laughs> My oh man, remember we went to Super Saiyan? Shout out to Super Saiyan in Orlando. I hope oh, they're still going. Uh, that was Dragon Ball Z themed, themed pho restaurant pho shop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, I, was I think we tried to take pictures in there. I wish I had. We <laughs> <laughs> I might have a couple photos. I'll have to. I'll have to dig through my phone. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we went specifically for the like pun and the Dragon Ball theme. Um, mm -hmm. But but it was good pho. If you're ever oh. in Orlando, and this you want amazing, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, speaking of kind of the wizard, feeling like a wizard, me and my roommate in college, um, I usually did the cooking. And one time she was sick and she was like, I need soup. And I just threw in a bunch of things to make this stew. And I, I got to say, it looked really gross. It was like brown. Yeah. Uh -huh. and But it tasted, it was cold and it tasted amazing. And uh -huh. we Ever since, we've called it Hobbit Stew, and I've tried to recreate it, but all I can remember is, like, it was gross-looking, and it had mushrooms and potatoes <laughs> That's not extremely specific, no. Yeah, um, it's very, very vague, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and also, um, recently, Lauren, I, I was lamenting to Lauren, I was down to my last pack oh, of ramen. Right, yeah. And you showed up at my house <laughs> bag of soup yeah well uh yeah because well you had said you were like you were like man I'm I'm just down to ramen and I don't even have that much of that left and and I was relaying this this story to my friend Katya and she just disappeared and came back with these like two big grocery bags full of canned soup and I still don't know <laughs> like <laughs> from whence she produced 
<laughs> these mm-hmm. these cans of soup. Um, <laughs> but she was she was just like Annie. Annie needs energy for podcasting. Here, take them. Give them to Annie. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I very much appreciated it. All the soups were enjoyed. So tell her thank you. Thank you, Lauren. Oh, yeah. Any Anytime. Soup delivery. Happy to do it. <laughs> oh, so much appreciation for soup deliveries. Uh, um, I guess this brings us to our question. Uh, sure. Yeah, in a roundabout way. Absolutely. Very roundabout, as is our <laughs> tradition. Uh, the Campbell Soup Company. What is it? Well, uh, Campbell's is a brand of soups that also, as the Campbell Soup Company, um, owns and operates a, a number of other packaged food brands. Um, as they are fond of saying, soup is our middle name. Um, and they are famous for those, the, the most famous for for those soups, um, including lines of uh, like inexpensive condensed soups uh, to which you can add water in order to eat uh, alone or add to dishes like casseroles, as we have mentioned, um, plus uh, fully constituted canned soups and uh, soups in microwave-ready bowls or cups. And uh, the Campbell's website lists 265 products. Dang! <laughs> right? Right? Some of them yeah. have been discontinued and are still on the site, like, for posterity's sake, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, uh, oh, yeah, um, you know, there, as I was, I just, like, looked at that number and I was like, dare, dare I do a list? Oh, you dare. Oh, hold, yeah, hold I did. <laughs> Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> this is not this is not a complete list, but um cuz I kind of just went through and tried to get some like some okay, so so they've got they've got their their basic categories of um of classic, slow kettle style, home style, not sure what the difference is, uh chunky and healthy request. And and then I kind of broke everything down. There was there was planning that went into this, y'all. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so so amongst all of those you've got broth based soups um uh, uh vegetable broth based like old fashioned vegetable uh vegetarian vegetable vegetable beef and min- minestrone minestrone I don't know how to I've say that I've always said minestrone but you know as I've lamented frequently, <laughs> being a podcaster means you realize you don't know how to pronounce things you've always thought you knew how to pronounce. Yeah, so. basically nothing. <laughs> I I feel like some episodes or some days I just spend more time looking up pronunciations or than, than I do doing like any other part of my job. Oh, yeah. Like writing oh, yeah. a and script like quick, looking up the names in that script. Mm-hmm. Hours. <laughs> yes. And then you'll guaranteed... Still, someone will write in. Uh, I'm actually from here. Yeah. Pronounce it this way. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, (laughs) I've always said minstrone. (laughs) There you go. That's all I can say. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, however, however you pronounce it. Yes. uh, There are also then chicken based soups, including chicken noodle soups, of which I counted at least 13. Different types. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I know it's like a thing and stuff, but heck, um, yeah. And I and actually, I don't think I was counting some of the some of the branded ones, like the mm-hmm. the like the like co brand tie in ones. So I think it's actually more like fifteen plus. But yes, uh, chicken and rice soups, um, chicken with wontons, with vegetables, chicken gumbo, chicken tortilla, Thai style, Italian wedding style, chicken quesadilla, fajita chicken, barbecue chicken and beans, buffalo style. Then you've got beef-based, beefy mushroom, vegetable beef, beef with vegetables and barley, beef noodle, golden mushroom, don't know what that is, uh, French <laughs> onion, steak and potato, sirloin burger, which throws me, uh, <laughs> pot roast, beef burrito, cream-based, oh my gosh, cream and mushroom, chicken, celery, potatoes, shrimp, onion, broccoli, bacon, asparagus, clam chowder, cheddar cheese, broccoli and cheese, fiesta nacho cheese, chicken pot pie, Philly cheesesteak, hearty cheeseburger, uh, chicken and dumplings, chicken pot pie, beer and cheese? Beer? Yeah. Oh. I don't know. Right. <laughs> okay. uh, and then, 
the kind of broad category of uh of sort of like legume and mm. uh and and potato and tomato soups like split pea soups, your bean soups, your potato soups, your corn soups, your tomato soups, your chilies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I have to say I've had a lot of these. Um <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> to my to me myself. Um <laughs> I've had the gold mushroom lauren. I think it's called that because it's like yellow. Okay. Yellowy. Um, and the sirloin burger is just kind of like chunks of ground sirloin. Uh, it's good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess the words sirloin, burger, and soup mm. all together on one package yeah. just makes me go, <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean... Plenty of these soups I've got follow-up <laughs> questions about. <laughs> Primarily right now for me, the the cream of shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't know but, it existed. Did not know it existed. Uh, You know, I didn't know it existed, and yet I'm not surprised to find that it does. Oh, not surprised. Sense. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> speaking of, uh, Campbell's does more than soup, though. <laughs> They do, they do. Um, they also make some, uh, some, some sauces, uh, some, some gravies like au jus. Yeah, and they own the salsa line Pace, uh, the pasta line, the pasta sauce line Prego, V8, Pepperidge Farm, Goldfish, all kinds of things. Yeah, uh, yeah. They they own uh, Lance snacks, you know, like the little snack cracker sandwiches things. Yeah, um, Snyder's of Hanover, those pretzels, uh, Cape Cod. Potato chips and uh, popcorn, kettle brand snacks, late July snacks, snack factory pretzel chips, pop secret popcorn, emerald nuts, Pacific foods, plum kids foods, well yes soups, Swanson's, SpaghettiOs. Never forget. Never forget. SpaghettiOs. <laughs> and raviolios as well. Raviolio? <laughs> <laughs> now that wasn't in our first go round. <laughs> that is a genuine surprise for me. <laughs> Okay. I was saving it. (laughs) All right, good, 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 good. You got me. Um, Well, well, I'm going to try to get you with this question. (laughs) What about the nutrition? Oh, y'all, it really depends. Um, uh, There's 265 different kinds of soup here. Uh, Read read your labels. Um, uh, You know, and and, and note that that many flavors are available in uh, lower sodium and or lower fat varieties um and and I will say that that although the sodium in these soups is 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 often pretty high um the creamy style soups are perhaps surprisingly low in fat um they they tend to use um alternate science ingredients to create those um creamy flavors and textures so interesting mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. well as Laura knows I recently had a microwave mishap that I incorrectly <laughs> blamed on a creamy style soup <laughs> I don't think that was it. (laughs) No. Well, my microwave was doing some poltergeist nonsense. And uh, I'm determined that we needed to do a microwave episode now so I can get to the bottom of this mystery. But it seems that the creamy soup I was microwaving is not the cause. Probably, probably not. I mean, uh, maybe, maybe the soup was haunted. (laughs) <laughs> Did you give me haunted soup, Lord? <laughs> <laughs> it really ah. wouldn't surprise me if Katya had haunted soup. I, dude, I if mean, you're, if you're is, listening, I'm sorry. That wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> this is a throwback to our long desired haunted food episode <laughs> that we just can't find enough information on. <laughs> Maybe if one day. Anyone knows about any haunted food items? The only one that we know about is that packet of pasta. <laughs> yeah. Well, a listener wrote in about that pie. So that's two. Oh, so, right, right, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, we need more. We need more than two. Episode, we, need, we need more than two. Yes. Um, so <laughs> keep that in mind. Uh, we do have some numbers for you. Oh, gosh, we do. Yeah. Uh, Campbell's is the biggest name in soup and accounts for 70% of the American soup market. Supposedly, 80% of American households have, at this very moment, um, a Campbell's Soup product in their pantry. Yeah, I I feel like my mom has a whole shelf of just chicken broth. <laughs> it's just chicken broth for other things she's going to uh-huh. like cook with it. Yeah. Um, Got to have that 
that chicken broth shelf. <laughs> in 2006, sales reached $743 million, but, but another number I found put 2020 sales at $8.691 billion. Yeah, I I strongly suspect that that $743 million was, was either sales from, like, one specific arm of the company um, or or that the source actually meant profits, not sales. Um, and probably that profits thing, because I saw elsewhere that um, that profits starting, like, in the early 21st century were, were pretty uh, uh, regularly around a billion dollars a year. So... So that's it. The you know, sources on the internet, humans <laughs> get things wrong sometimes. We all do. It's okay. We all do. This is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, another thing, we're just taking on faith. Uh, the Campbell's Soup Company says that every year they go through three hundred million pounds of tomatoes, forty million pounds of chicken, and thirty-seven million pounds of pasta. Whoa! Yeah, I didn't. I didn't translate that into metric because the answer is it's a lot. It's just a bunch. It's it's a big number. Yeah, uh, that we can say with certainty. <laughs> um, however, the company has struggled recently with us, dang millennials. Uh, the millennials every time meddlesome millennials <laughs> um, and debt after a series of unprofitable purchases of other companies, which we will be talking about a little bit in our history section. Uh, we will, and we're going to get into that. But first, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! Zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, Campbell's Condensed Soup Line launched in 1897, though the first can of ready-to-eat tomato soup was introduced in 1895. But let's step back a bit. Okay. The year 1869. 
The place, Camden, New Jersey. Ah. The players, fruit seller Joseph Campbell and ice box manufacturer Abraham Anderson. They came together to form the Anderson and Campbell Preserve Company. But by 1877, Campbell bought out Anderson's shares in the company due to a difference in opinions about the direction the company should go. After that, Campbell expanded the products the company offered to include sauces like ketchup and salad dressing. But the best-selling product was ready-to-serve beefsteak tomato soup. Uh, And the tomatoes that went into that soup were grown by local farmers. Campbell was replaced as president of the company by Arthur Dorrance of the rich Bristol, Pennsylvania Dorrance family, which I loved in all the sources. They acted as if I should be very impressed and absolutely know who that was, <laughs> yeah, what that yeah. meant. Yeah, they're like, like oh, oh, Dorrance of the Bristol Dorrances? Yeah, like, oh, like clearly. That's right. <laughs> uh, you, yes, so Arthur Dorrance replaced Campbell after Campbell retired in 1894. He hired his nephew, Dr. John T. Dorrance, not Jack Torrance, which I kept making that mistake yesterday. <laughs> um, <laughs> One of these was in The Shining. The other, yes, I, had a I PhD my brain in like <laughs> totally melted down, and I was like, Jack, John, Torrance, Dorrance, what's this? <laughs> but I recovered, and here I am. Um, so the salary wasn't as good for for a PhD in chemistry. I'm sure it was um, seven dollars and fifty cents a week, and uh, Dorrance had to provide his own lab equipment. But he took the job, and he was integral in catapulting Campbell's soup into the public eye. Oh yeah! At the time, soup was cheap to make but costly to ship. Dorrance, um, looking to cut cost, figured out that by cutting out the weighty ingredient of water um, to create condensed soup, he could save 20 cents a can. So that's exactly what he did. Yeah. um, And he also had this team of engineers go in and observe the work on the factory floor um, and then calculate the optimal procedures, um, the optimal like time and, and, and process for all of them, and the wages for each individual procedure. Yeah. Um, And gave those tomato farmers instructions on the type of seeds to use, um, the amount of fertilizer, and when it should be added. And all of this to great success. According to at least one source, they were selling an annual 16 million cans by 1904. And, uh, yeah, they, they uh, they went national in 1911. By 1922, their company was so synonymous with soup, they officially incorporated it into their name. They were also aggressively advertising. Um, They had streetcar placards, ads in magazines, and they were among the first companies in the U.S. to advertise on radio and television. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Magazines like like Good Housekeeping, um, uh, radio like Amos and Andy, and then TV a little bit later on um, uh, like Lassie and Peter Pan. So their mm -mm good slogan was introduced on the radio in 1931. Whole thing. Right? Right? That is a long-lasting slogan. I know. I'm impressed. Yeah. They they did a lot of impressive stuff with their advertising, which we're going to talk about more. At its height, the Camden Cannery was producing 10 million cans a day. I don't understand that number. It's pretty, pretty wild. I don't either. I don't either. And this was particularly, like, um, based on season. So it's not like they were doing this all year, but sure. there'd be, like, seasonal upswings in soup. And yeah. during that time, 10 million cans. Oof. Wild. Yes. But this level of success was not without issues. The workers were extremely micromanaged in terms of pay. They were overworked. And the environment itself that they worked in was loud and hot and not infrequently unsafe, All these factors culminated in a spontaneous strike in 1934. In 1940, the employees secured union recognition. Over the next few decades, the local papers covered various conflicts between the company and its employees and the company's attempts at circumventing the demands of their employees by building factories in different locations and hiring lower-paid laborers. Yeah, um, yeah, this would go on for for, for decades. Um, The the employees would win a strike in 1946, but lose one in 1968. Um, Just just continual ongoing labor disputes. Incidentally, um, 1934 was the same year that now classic flavors were introduced. Chicken noodle and cream of mushroom. Ah. Ah, 
Um, <laughs> let's talk can design. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Originally, the labels of these soups were blue and orange, designed by John Dorrance. But only a year later, the treasurer and general manager of the company, Herberton L. Williams, got them to switch it to the iconic red and white. The reason for the change? Williams was really impressed with the color of the Cornell football team's uniforms after attending a game. (laughs) I... Love this. They apparently, apparently Cornell had just gotten these spiffy new uniforms that were this like this like really like like beautiful carnelian red um and, and white. And he was just like, that's it. That's it looks so sharp, it's gonna look sharp on a can. Yeah. Wow, he was right, you know, forget Auburn colors. <laughs> Time for Cornell. <laughs> I guess also University of Florida. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, blue, blue, blue and orange is one of those classic like like power. Power complementary colors. Yeah. I remember those art yeah. lessons. Yeah, like a like on Tide and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, meanwhile, the cursive font on the can was allegedly modeled after founder Joseph Campbell's signature, meant to give a homemade vibe that would appeal to housewives. The center medallion was added to the design in perhaps 1898. Um, And there were a couple of different variations of it until they pretty much settled on a design in 1900 after they won a medal at that year's Paris Exposition Universelle. It it has changed a little bit throughout the years, but generally it's remained that design. Yeah, yeah. More advertising stuff. (laughs) The Campbell's Kids. I totally forgot about the Campbell's Kids. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I haven't seen these in so long. But but, but y'all have definitely also seen these at some time in your past like there there are these kind of um these very like cabbage patch looking kind of yeah. kind of designs yeah yeah um and this whole thing goes back to 1904 and it was the brainchild of writer and illustrator Grace Wiedersheim Drayton her husband was working on an advertising layout for Campbell's soups and she added a sketch of her children and the Campbell's ad agency loved it they like trademarked it immediately <laughs> um Over the years, the Campbell's kids went from being just regular kids to kids modeled after various professions, from sailors to police officers. Drayton continued sketching these kids for 20 years, and they were so successful, they were even made into dolls. Yeah, uh, the company that produced these dolls got um, two patents for the clothes of the dolls. Okay, sure. Yes, and... I found a salt and pepper shakers tie-in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I was doing the research for this, I found not one but two listings for salt and pepper shakers modeled after these Campbell's kids. So wow. they're out there. They <laughs> exist. <laughs> During the Great Depression, home cooks got the idea to use tomato soup to make a sort of spiced cake. And apparently it was good. Um, good enough that Campbell's Test Kitchen released the recipe with their own take on it in 1940. And this was during war rationing, uh, which during all of that, soup cake was a pretty popular thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, Cam- Campbell's was was doing a, a lot of kind of uh, R&D of recipes at that point. They, they opened their official test kitchens. Uh, capitalized, thank you, in 1941 for further concepts like this. Um, the company would go public on the New York Stock Exchange in uh, 1954. And then, in 1955, Campbell's Home Economics Department employee Dorcas Riley developed the recipe for green bean casserole. <gasps> she was looking for a simple, quick, inexpensive side dish um, using things that, like most people, would have on hand um, and that would, A, incorporate some vegetables and, uh, B, you know, sell some heckin' condensed soup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, the recipe hasn't changed a lot since 1955. It's just uh, cooked green beans, condensed cream, cream of mushroom soup, uh, milk, soy sauce, although I think it was originally uh, Worcestershire sauce. Anyway, um, uh, uh, ground pepper and fried onions on top, preferably French's fried onions in a can. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> this was originally called green bean bake, um, and the recipe was introduced to the public on cream of mushroom soup cans in 1955, then got a print ad campaign in the early 60s. And um, it was initially intended as like an everyday dish, um, but 
over time would morph into this like winter holiday staple that we know today. Um, uh, and the company, the company estimates that Americans make 20 million per year every year for Thanksgiving. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like to the point that fully half of the company's cream of mushroom soup sales occur in November through January. Wow. Well, this is so interesting to me because we don't have, this is not a holiday thing oh, in my no? house at all. Huh. No, okay. never, never has been. Um, but my <laughs> mom would make it for potlucks and I would feel this sort of uh. embarrassment when I was a young kid because kids, at least in my orbit, they weren't fans of oh. the green bean casserole. Oh. And they'd be like, what about the green bean casserole? And I'd be like, oh, no. um, But I always, I really liked it. I, to this day, like, I can't remember the last time I had it, but I'll still get cravings for it. Yeah. And, like, I have to be in the mood. Because sometimes I'm like, that is absolutely not what I want. But sometimes I'm like, that is what I <laughs> that need. That is exactly it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very nostalgic thing for me. I can't, I honestly can't remember I think I think I had a family member who made it for either Thanksgivings or Christmases. Um, but uh, uh, it would have been Thanksgivings, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I I like <laughs> we did this we did this very uh, non non traditional Thanksgiving uh, for just just me and my roommates this year. We had like we had like salmon and greens and stuff, and I mean it was really good. But like, mm-hmm. and I and I was like, oh, this is fine. Like this is this is great. I like these foods too. I don't need like traditional Thanksgiving foods. And then like the week after when I was at the grocery store, I bought things to make stuffing and green bean casserole <laughs> and pumpkin pie. <laughs> and it's just like, yep, nope, that's what's up. So I have the ingredients <laughs> sitting in my kitchen. <laughs> well, let me know how it goes. I have I have been craving it recently. Um well, geez, it's good stuff. It's just salty goodness. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, uh, I also did want to mention in terms of like other combinations when you think of Campbell's soup, I think we would be remiss if we did not acknowledge the grilled cheese and tomato soup combo. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. That is a, oh, grilled cheese, though. I mean, grilled cheese and anything is a pretty good combination, but. Oh, I have, I miss grilled cheese. (gasps) And, you know, I I forgot that I really was determined to like grilled cheese and tomato soup for a, a long time as a kid because it seemed like a mature thing. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. I have no <laughs> idea why I thought that was the case. Okay. But, you know, I eventually got there. I didn't like tomato soup for a while, but uh, I got there. Yeah. But uh, my old uh, university, Georgia Tech, they would do grilled cheese and tomato soup nights. Oh. I think every Thursday Oof. they would do it. And it was... It was legit. You oh could my customize gosh. your grilled cheese. Um, <sighs> <laughs> oh, I want that right now. <laughs> I'm like the craving. I'm like, you why am I podcasting? Now. Why am I not eating grilled cheese and tomato soup? <laughs> I don't even have good cheese to make a grilled cheese with. You do. You do you because you still have you still have that like block of of cheese, yeah. right? That like I have a block of craft cheese ready to go. It's time. Oh, that makes the best grilled cheese sandwiches. Okay, anyway, anyway, we're... Yes, <laughs> yes. You're welcome for that craving, but let's pivot. Let's hard pivot to the world of art. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, grilled cheese and tomato soup is art as well. Thank you. I, you know, I... You're right. I think that any delicious meal is an art form. There you go. So, yes, yes. So maybe a soft pivot then. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, from 1961 to 1962, the Campbell's Condensed Soups cans were immortalized in the art world when Andy Warhol produced 32 silk-screened paintings of them, one for each flavor, on the market at that time. So, this is the stuff of art legend. I think there are at least 50 different <laughs> versions of how this came about. Okay, okay. Um, but, uh, apparently... He got the idea after he was lamenting his lack of recognition in the art world to a decorator named Muriel Leteau, or Leteau, maybe? And she said something like, you've got to find something that's recognizable to almost everybody. Something you see every day that everybody would recognize. Something like a can of Campbell's soup. 
And the story goes, he was inspired after this. He went across the street and bought all these soups. <laughs> and like in recent interviews, he said he loves Campbell's soup and he still eats it. Um, but okay. you know, I've definitely seen this. I can't remember what museum I was at, but I've seen the, I think yeah. it was the tomato soup one. Yeah. And, and it yeah. is interesting, this sort of whole, the Campbell's condensed soup becoming this symbol of American consumerism of this fast, cheap, easy lifestyle. Yeah, the 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 mass production. Um, right. And yeah, huh. Yeah. It's very iconic. I mean, it, the can is iconic, and it's extremely recognizable. So It is. Yeah. You know, thank goodness for those Cornell uniforms. <laughs> thank goodness for that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of. Speaking of. Speaking of football, yes. Um, So Campbell's Chunky Soups um, were introduced in 1970, and it would later, uh, a bunch later in 1997, become the official soup sponsor of the NFL. (laughs) Again, I learned this yesterday, and I'm still... It still makes me chuckle because I'm just imagining like these big Buffy football players. <laughs> you don't say Buffy, do you? But no, I'll say it. That, that's um, a different. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Like drinking soup out of the can and being like, "Send me in, coach. I've got my strength. I'm ready." Um, it's just a funny image to me. Yeah. No. And I and I love that there's a that there's a soup sponsor. This this yes. it, it it rings the same way that like that like official state snack or you know <laughs> yeah. does. Yeah. Absolutely. Love yeah. Um, the company replaced fresh Camden tomatoes with industrially made tomato paste out of California in 1977, and this allowed the company the freedom to move to wherever they wanted and not have to deal with the continued labor disputes at the Camden location. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Camden produced its last can in 1990, and the factory was gone a year later. Yeah, yeah, they imploded it. Um, and from what I understand, though, at least one of the water tower drums that that stood over the Camden factory and was fashioned to look like a can of Campbell's soup does remain, having been moved from that original location to somewhere on the Campbell's Camden campus. Because, yeah, all, although they imploded the plant, they did keep the, the global headquarters there in Camden. See, listeners, if any listeners has pictures of this, I need you. I know I could just Google it, but I need you. I need your on-the-ground experience and pictures. Because this is absolutely one of my very favorite things. I love thinking about if an alien was dropped onto this earth after humanity is long gone, what would they think? They'd just see this soup can. This giant soup can lying in, like, a corporate lawn somewhere. Questions. Apparently, I have can, questions. Apparently, you can see it from the highway. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Y'all, well, let us know. That's why we need you. This yeah. is a very important <laughs> mission, and we need you. Um, starting in the 80s, Campbell's cut the salt in their products by up to 45 percent, but drastically reduced sales meant that they quickly they reversed that decision. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, kind of a lot has been written about this, and I was delighted to read all about it. So, okay, okay, the issue here was kind of two-pronged. Um, so, like, they weren't advertising or or even, like, marketing this drop in sodium in these products. And, like, all right, so, like, first of all, like, if 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 you're buying condensed soup to use in a casserole, that is a classic recipe that you are making, uh, maybe just for family, but often, yeah, for this potluck or for this holiday meal— and our resistance to change in that kind of classic recipe is so intense. Um, like, <laughs> it has this one flavor, and that is the flavor, and you do not mess with it. Um, <laughs> and, and like, furthermore, like, without—if you don't tell consumers about this, um, like, probably the recipes came out tasting different, and they did not like it. Yeah. So people, people were mad. Mad with a why. Erling, and screw that soup. Uh, and, and secondly— you know, the the company was so keyed in to this to this narrow idea of making healthier soups um, by reducing the sodium. They were like, "Well, sodium is bad. Make healthier soups by reducing the sodium." That um, they didn't like see like the 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 forest for the salt trees. Um, the the real movement 
the real health movement that was gaining momentum in the 80s was about using fresh ingredients because processing those ingredients like destroys some of the flavor and texture of the original food and then you have to cover it up by adding salt and sugar and fat and whatever. Um, And so like just reducing the salt doesn't change the fact that it's still this highly processed product. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so they went back to their to their full salt um, category. But they would come out with um, their Healthy Request line in 1991 as sort of a, sort of a pivot, sort of smarter <laughs> pivot on <laughs> yeah, that Yeah, if theme. you're looking for this thing, yeah. here's the product for you. Yeah. Otherwise, make your casseroles with our... With your, yeah, <laughs> yeah as much classic. sodium as possible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, in, in 1990, they produced their 20 billionth can of condensed tomato soup. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's too big a number for me. Yeah, nope, nope, I can't, nope, nope, I I stop, I stop at 11 billion cans. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 up until 11 billion, you've got it. But otherwise, I don't know. (laughs) I am curious about who keeps track of these things. Right, but. right. Is it just like one guy? Are they like, is is like, hey, Sean, like, and he's like, I'm counting. Sean is dead, Lauren. Did you just did you just kill off this imaginary <laughs> Campbell? He died when he got to 20 billion cans. His work was finally done. <laughs> yeah. He died doing what he loved. <laughs> Accomplished his mission. Oh <laughs> R.I.P. Sean. All right, pour <laughs> a can a of tomato soup out for you <laughs> into a bowl with my grilled cheese. Uh, uh. Anyway, um, <laughs> Campbell's Soup to Go in microwavable <laughs> cups came out in 1998, uh, and that was a huge college staple for me. Oh I yeah, had, oh, for yeah. sure. Same. And uh, soup at hand, an even more convenient soup delivery method, <laughs> was introduced in 2002. So this was like a cup, like a sippy cup of soup. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then slow kettle style soups came out in 2011 and go soup in a pouch in 2012. And then Campbell's released limited edition designs of the label in the style of Andy Warhol's works in the United States in 2004. Uh, And then in 2012, they partnered with Target to produce limited edition pop art style cans. And, okay, this is where... This is where I start getting a, a headache because I feel like the walls of reality are breaking down. Like this makes me yeah. deeply uncomfortable. I'm like, I'm like, it was commentary about commercialism, and then you put that commentary on your commercially available product. It's, it never ends, Lauren. Ah, uh, it never ends. The cycle of the com- Campbell soup. It just makes me like itchy in like a place that I can't reach. <laughs> perhaps that was the message that you kind of sent. <laughs> or perhaps they totally missed the point. It could be either. <sighs> or both. <laughs> or both. Oh, gosh. Um, well, anyway, uh, during during the same time period, apparently they were thinking real hard about their labels around that time because um, they, they were in the process of revamping their can design um, to include photo illustrations of each soup. Um, and, and they spent two years with three firms and over 1,500 research subjects looking at consumer feedback and, like, neuromarketing results, like, like, like biometrics, like they, 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 like, kind of strap you down and, or they don't strap you down, they, I'm sure they make (laughs) you comfortable, but anyway, like, like they show you these images and then they monitor changes in things like heart rate and and skin moisture as you're looking at these different designs um and <laughs> and yeah and they came up with they they were like okay well you know we'll still use the red and white we'll still have the the Campbells in the cursive font um but we're going to include this photo illustration of each soup um but the classic label remained on three soups um the condensed versions of chicken noodle tomato and cream of mushroom <laughs> This is so intense. This sounds like you walk in and you think you're getting tested for some, like, clockwork orange type, (laughs) like, 
That's totally what I picture. Horror (laughs) movie. And then you're like, what is this for? And they're like, soup. (laughs) I'm sure it wasn't that horrific. I'm I'm sure whenever they do this, it's a very pleasant process. Or at the very least, just a little bit dull, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just because when you read things like, Measuring biometrics and skin yeah. moisture, I usually associate <laughs> that with something scary. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, that's perhaps because of my own biases. Yeah. And you do, you do watch too many horror movies. It's yes. true. This is fair. We can all agree. <laughs> um, in 2013, Campbell's tried out a Campbell's K-Cup. <laughs> a Campbell's K-Cup. And it did not go over well, listeners. It did not go over well. Uh Okay, this is this is also very confusing for me because I'm like, K-cup, but with soup. And it reminds me every time I think of it, of this, of this, there's this moment in the magician's show that also has really confused me for years and it just sticks with me. And I think about it sometimes because there's this moment where one of the characters is in an office and he's never really been in an office before, and he's holding up this little, this little K-cup labeled uh, donut coffee. And he's like, does the donut coffee really taste like donuts? And the dude he's talking to is just like, I don't know, man, I mostly use that thing to make soup. And it kind of haunts me because I'm like, how do you make soup? In a-? And I guess this is how. <laughs> <laughs> so now we know what keeps you up at night. Um, magician K-cup soup-based nightmares. Uh, you know, it explains a lot, Lauren. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we have both revealed deep things yes. about ourselves in this episode, Annie. I think we have, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whew, uh, all right. Well, anyway, uh, Campbell's. We're doing an episode about Campbell's here, hypothetically. Um, hypothetically, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tried a bunch of things in these first couple decades of the 21st century um, that didn't all necessarily work out super great. Um, they they bought and then later sold Bolt House Farms and Garden Fresh Gourmet. Um, they were trying to get into the uh, fresh uh, food sector um, and would eventually just sell sell it all. They were just like, no, we only make shelf-stable stuff now. Um, and uh, uh, it's also when they picked up brands like um, Pacific Foods and Snyder's. Um, apparently, there was a lot of hubbub about how much they paid for Snyder's. And oh. everyone was like, really? That much? That's a bad <laughs> business decision. So I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if it's true. I didn't. I'm not an economics human. Um <laughs> But speaking of hubbub, um, in 2015, a Campbell's commercial for Star Wars-themed soup got major backlash, uh, like a lot, because I wasn't looking for this, and it came up in a lot of articles I I was reading, um, from the far-right media for featuring two dads and their son. And it was especially disheartening because it was a real family. Oh, what? That's, what? Love is love and soup is soup. It's fine. Just let people enjoy soup. Yeah. Especially Star, Star Wars. Wars soup. Come on. If oh. if only more dads in Star Wars could enjoy soup with their sons. <laughs> Look, if you think I haven't read that fan fiction <laughs> where Darth Vader gives Luke some soup after he gets a cold, you're wrong. Especially after Hoth, you know? It's like a it's a oh. it's a whole trope. Oh my heck. <laughs> And did you know? Okay, well, very briefly. Um, in in Star Wars fan fiction, Vader is often called Sad Murder Dad. Oh, well, that's yeah. true, because he is. It's all, I mean, very accurate. That's... I could go on and on about the terms of Star Wars fan fiction, but I won't for now. <laughs> uh uh, that that Star Wars themed soup is is no longer no longer with us. Sadly, um, mm. uh, the product line was discontinued. But they do still do product tie-ins um, with a uh, with Paw Patrol and Disney princesses. So, I hear the kids love Paw Patrol. That's so. That's what I keep hearing doing <laughs> reading for these episodes. <laughs> yeah, the food tie-ins. Yeah. yeah, that's how we know what's going on. Only based on food product tie-ins. That's it. It's a finger on a very specific pulse. Yes, <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> oh, um, and uh, and and despite uh, us bloody millennials, um, uh, sale, sales of Campbell's products are actually up this year. What with uh, people stocking up on easy-to-make shelf 
stable home comfort foods. Um, Research indicates that 88% of Americans have been cooking more meals at home this year, and uh, 46% of us are using packaged foods as part of that. Um, Perhaps because almost half of us are willing to spend no more than 15 to 30 minutes to cook a meal. That's it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm generally that way, but like, you know, maybe twice a week I'll put more... Yeah. Especially if I use like a crock pot or something. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm mm mm. And uh, and yeah, um, uh, Campbell's has 174 recipes on their website, and they do also still print recipes on their can labels. So if you uh, if you're looking for ways to incorporate more Campbell's soup into your life, <laughs> you're, you're in luck. Well, <laughs> they're not a sponsor, perhaps. No, they're obviously. not a sponsor at all. Um, yeah, and I was telling Laura, and like I again in college, I made this. Uh, I, I was like, "What am I going to do with these ingredients? I've got this kind of soup and chicken and rice." And then I looked at the can of soup, and it was a uh, cream of chicken, and there was a recipe for rice and chicken <laughs> and cream of chicken. And I was like, oh, Eureka! And it was delicious. And only until you said this, I've been thinking I'll never be able to make that again. And now it's so obvious that I could find that like oh, in two seconds. So yes. I find that recipe. Ab- absolutely you could. <laughs> so Also, it's probably not difficult. Like No, <laughs> I recall it being very easy. <laughs> I think you just put the ingredients in a in a pan and cooked it for like thirty minutes. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I will look forward to that. In my future. I I remember it being very good. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna make that green bean casserole. Oh, I'm yes. excited about it. Yes. Report back. Shall do. Uh, yes. But for now, I guess that's what we have to say about Campbell's Soup Company the second time around. Yes. Yes. Um, and we do have some listener mail for you. Uh, but first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener mail. mail. Mm-mm, good. Mm-mm, good. <laughs> um, Emily wrote, in your listener mail episode, you were confused about why it's called Boston Pizza if it's in Canada. I actually have the answer. Boston Pizza was started in my mom's hometown where my grandparents currently live. Shout out to Penticton, British Columbia. There was once a bar called Boston's Bar. I guess Boston was the owner's nickname. It was a bar in the basement of a building, and they decided to open a pizza restaurant on the main level, and they called it Boston's Pizza. At some point when it became a franchise, they dropped the apostrophe S, making it Boston Pizza. It has since spread all over Canada, and it's actually where I had my first legal drink on my 19th birthday. I can vouch for their drinks. They have lots of excellent choices, both alcoholic and not. Mystery solved! This I, this is great. I love it so much. I love because we were perplexed. <laughs> we were quite perplexed by this. Um, and this makes a lot more sense than any other thing that I could possibly think of. And also, it is extremely obscure. Gosh, I love that. Yeah, I love it because unless you happened to know that story, you would think why why is it called Boston Pizza? <laughs> but now we know. Thank you, Emily. Yes. Yes. Oh, um, Vivian wrote, I was a little disappointed at first to see that the new episode was about burgers. More on that later. But then you mentioned that the inspiration was supernatural and the fangirl in me leaped up in delight. I'm no longer as obsessed as I was a few years ago, but you can bet I returned to the fold for the series finale. I don't remember if you've done a pie episode. That would also be very fitting. On burgers. I was convinced for years that I hated burgers, and it was all the fault of the New York City public school system. The burgers we were served at lunch were tough and gray and thoroughly unappealing. It wasn't until college, when one of the dorms was grilling burgers in their courtyard, that the combination of hunger and free food and amazing smell lured me to try one again. At last, I discovered what people liked about them. It was juicy and well-seasoned and went so well with the fluffy bun. I still get them very rarely. I prefer my meat in smaller pieces and less texturally homogenous, but I no longer shudder at the thought of them. The last burger I had was a Juicy Lucy in Minneapolis this past summer while visiting my boyfriend's family. And though having the cheese inside was pretty fun— I will risk the ire of all Minnesotans and submit that the burger I had in the college dorm courtyard was juicier and better seasoned. Oh, <laughs> fighting words, fighting words. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Whenever I read something like this, like my heart starts going like 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 people yeah. are going to I'm like, oh, oh, I'm reading something controversial. <laughs> I'm only reporting what someone else wrote. Yes, and and people have written in about the Juicy Lucy mm. and their fondness of them, and we will be reading those letters. So the Juicy good. Lucy will have its time. Okay, um, good, good, good. Will, people have come in defense preemptively uh, for it, and you know, I I gotta say that like being outside and free, like those kind of contextual things about burgers really do. Oh yeah, impact the flavor. I think so. I totally get it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A good, just like homemade off a grill burger. Oh. Oh. So I great. did get a burger after this. It was oh, after yeah. that episode. Oh, my gosh. That was so good. Oh. Uh, oh, and we have, nice. we have done an episode on apple pie. On um, apple pie, right? Um, we did one on meat pies. Yes. We briefly mentioned pumpkin pie in our pumpkin episode. Right. Um, uh, and, and of course, uh, we went on um, the lovely Richard Blaze's show, Food Court. And, yes. uh, and our, our battle was cake versus pie. And, um, mm. dear listeners, um, I'm, I have to inform you that Annie just really beat me into the ground on that one. <laughs> fighting for pie um and i'm not mad about it like i'm like well you know well deserved but holy heck (laughs) i came on a little strong uh i i I know i've mentioned it in a previous episode but i think one of my proudest moments is richard place said you might be a little over prepared (laughs) i was like no never pie uh yeah yeah we i think i i think we were we were a level of researched for yeah. for that battle that was mm. perhaps surprising. Yes, 
I mean, not to us and not to you, probably. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if y'all are listening to this, (laughs) you understand that this is how we are. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But definitely check it out. It was... It was a very fun, stressful experience for us, but <laughs> definitely a good listen. Uh, yes. And yes, thank you to these listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 